And we are rolling. <clears throat> no topic off limits. Tough questions. Manly perspective. Welcome to the unsafe space. Welcome to the unsafe space, Dax. What's up, Q? Oh, well, you know, just doing a podcast with you. Episode two. Woo! <laughs> All right. So here at the unsafe space, um, where we discuss. Obviously, off-limit topics, anything we find controversial, or anything else we want to talk about. That's what we're going to do today. Yep, and that last point's probably the biggest one. We basically just talk about whatever we want to talk about, because we think we have good discussions, and yeah, whether you do or don't, doesn't really matter to us, because this isn't monetized right now, so. <laughs> Alright, um, so we kick things off every podcast with... Something we call a manly moment. Um, so we're just going to do a manly moment that's happened within the last week. Uh, so Dax, what was your manly moment from last week? <clears throat> My manly moment? Um, let's see. I was uh, at this, basically a party. It was like a game night type of a deal. And um, Dax is a college kid, everyone. Yeah, in case you didn't know, most people I think that listen to this do know that. College man. College man, exactly. So, anyway, um, I was at this party. It was a really fun time. Um, There's this really pretty girl that I kind of noticed and made eye contact with a couple times during the party. Sparks flew. Uh, I don't know about that, but... (laughs) You were just the creepy guy in the corner staring at her. (laughs) I hope not, bro. No. No, so it was, a, it was a fun little game night. We played, like, Secret Hitler and a couple other board games, and then we went okay, to Okay, Secret leave. Hitler? You can't just, like, say that. Secret you know, Hitler is a, is a board game. Okay, what what is it? Secret Hitler is, like, you have fascists versus liberals, and basically you don't want... So if you're a fascist, you're trying to hide the fact that you're a fascist. Yeah. So you can win the game. The liberals are trying to figure out who the fascists are and who Hitler is. So this, set, this game might need to get... I mean, I know we're the unsafe space. We might need to rebrand this name. No, it's it's fine. Because you basically want to be liberal. And I think it's the first time I've ever said out loud, I'm a liberal, I promise. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, that's kind of a gross sentence. Anyway, so I saw this chick. She's super pretty. And afterwards, everyone was kind of like walking out. And I timed it. I was basically mid-sentence talking to one of my friends. And I totally just stopped talking to him and then I just went outside um because she was walking to her car and I was like hey what's up you know said a not funny joke she laughed <laughs> got her number I was just like hey just I think like you're that. super oh, I just laughed yeah. yeah exactly so got her number just told her I thought she was super pretty um I wanted to take her out on a date and it worked um yeah it did work you know we went on a date we went bowling I lined my buddy up with one of her friends and it was a good time so nice yeah okay just for the record, manly moments, no video games, no uh, goofiness, right? We live in a world today where manhood and masculinity is basically uh, laughed at, right? Like we talked about in the last one, um, the dad's always the goofball, right? So that's not what we're doing here. We're doing actual manly, Grizzly Adams, John Smith type manly things. So... Asking a pretty girl out on a date that you saw at a party for the first time takes guts. Way to man up, Dax. Thanks, bro. Yeah. 
I'd like to add something to that too when we talk about like what manliness is and everything. <clears throat> Obviously, we talked about this more in the first podcast, but um, I had a little experience with it really kind of turned me off and it kind of got my kind of grinded my gears, honestly. I was at the gym. Stuck in your craw. Yeah, exactly. Gears. You know? Um, What's another one? It just it has to do with men overcompensating. Like, when we talk about manliness, it's not. Um, well, I'll tell you the story. There's machismo, then there's real masculinity. Yeah, and I saw this dude. He walks in, right? And he's got the long hair at the gym, right? I'm, it's pretty crowded that day. I'm over there doing dumbbells and stuff. And anyway, <clears throat> there's a few people waiting to get in on a cable or like a dumbbell and things like that, like every you know, crowded gym time is, and he walks in, the dude's a total douchebag about signing in to the girls up at the front, they're trying to, like, be kind and everything, and he just, you know, blows past when they ask him to come back, he's all huffing and puffing, acting like an a-hole. How old's this guy? Probably late 20s, maybe 30. Okay, so he he's got the better. long hair, yeah, he's got the long hair and the beard, totally just trying to be an asshole to everybody, and he goes in and takes up two cables, drops his bag, and then he starts doing a dumbbell exercise in front of the mirror, and he's occupying two of the cable stations as well. And yeah, that's that's it a no go. A joke. Gym. Anyway, I was just thinking to myself, like, is this person actually confident, or is he pretty insecure deep down? He's is trying he... to show off, right? right? But like, I feel like people like that so often are just like trying to overcompensate, like I said. Um, and it's like, is he strong or is he, you know, weak actually? I think those people are so scared to face their insecurities a lot of the time that they'll try to hide it beneath like a beard or hair or a dumb A attitude. And that is not what we're talking about when we're talking about masculinity. That's overcompensating for your, you know, your insecurities. Yeah, so. it's almost like they they try to project masculinity through machismo when really they're just insecure inside and machismo is not masculinity right masculinity is like we kind of talked about in our last podcast again and i'm sure we'll just revisit these things a bunch but protect provide preside those are kind of the fundamental things a man is supposed to do you have to be strong to protect you have to be wise to preside and you have to be kind of with it to be able to provide, right? And people that are just straight up showing off or, you know, doing that, I think you nailed it. They're just insecure. And, yeah. yeah. And people listening, uh, nothing is going to set me and Dax off more than bad gym etiquette. So yeah, straight up, dude. We were kind of brought up old school with that kind of thing. And, you yeah. use one freaking machine. and One someone, machine at a time, one station at a time. Yeah, you're not the guy doing the circuit across the entire gym, especially when it's packed like I that. I had a guy do that the other day. Um, so so th- I guess this could be a manly moment, but I had a different one in mind. Right. So I'll, I'll give you just this example. But I'm helping a buddy uh, get into shape, and I'm teaching him how to bodybuild, right? And his – so we're over there. And it's me and two guys that I'm working out with, right? A guy that I train with regularly, and then our new guy that's, you know, wanting to get in shape because, you know, he wants to be a good dad, good father, and husband, and he wants to lose weight, right? Right. And so we're in there showing him form and everything, and it's three of us on one station, basically, right? We're over on the cables, but we're taking up one cable in the corner, right? Right. 
and we go to use one other one because there's three of us so between three people you can have two stations right right and this guy runs over from across the gym hey i'm using that and i go oh are you yeah i'm using this and this and this and i'm just cycling through oh yeah you know that yeah so that point you say sorry bro i'm actually using this one yeah i was feeling a little bit nice that day but right i shouldn't have i really shouldn't have this guy was but this guy's kind of a regular that i see a lot and so i didn't feel like chewing his head off but um yeah i I wanted to really bad anyway okay that that's not my manly moment but what were you gonna say yeah i just think honestly i think what marks the difference between a guy who's like What's what visibly marks the difference, I think, in someone who's overcompensating versus someone who's just like masculine and confident. Um, a lot of the time, I think it's a good sense of humor. Yeah. Um, I lo- they're I mean, able to laugh at themselves particularly. Yeah, especially yeah, exactly. A self-deprecating sense of humor. Like David Smart was one of my biggest role models in my life, and I remember he'd stand up and whenever he who's he'd David speak, Smart, he's my mission president, President Smart. And you want to tell us what a mission is. Yeah, yeah, so I served a mission for my church. Um, we both did. Yeah, we both did. Um, two-year mission, um, Puerto Rico. Anyway, I always just loved the way he could get up and, you know, laugh at himself. It was, it was funny, like, him and his wife would kind of poke each other, go back and forth a little bit, but he never had so much of an ego that, like, it would affect him. And he was one of the most confident, obviously super masculine dude. He had huge forearms, and he was just an awesome guy. But I think what really made me respect him a lot was the way he was just, yeah, that little sense of humor. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference between, like, a guy like him and the dude at the gym that was overcompensating, taking up, you know, three stations and being yeah. a jerk to people. I'm I'm with you on that. It, it's almost like if you have an abundance of confidence in yourself, number one, you don't have to project what we're calling machismo, right? Because people can see through that. You're acting tough, but you're not. Right. Right? It's it's the guy with skinny legs and a gut and he's sticking <laughs> his chest out, right? Yeah. Bowling and, ball, but, spark plug. Yeah. So Dude build like you, a spark plug. If you <laughs> dude build like a spark plug. If you Yeah, so if you have an overabundance of confidence, you don't have to project like that, but you have so much confidence that you're able to laugh at your little foibles and your little mistakes every once in a while too, for sure. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that like people can see through that. I think the people that can see through the machismo that you're talking about more than, more than anyone else, are women. They can see that and they see right through it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I actually wonder why healthy women, healthy women for sure, <laughs> yeah. But I, I wonder if that's maybe Mentally the reason. Healthy women, I guess I should say. Right. I wonder if that's maybe the reason though that a lot of the time, women will end up in with some sort of you know, not very masculine dude. And everyone's kind of looking around going, wow, she's super pretty. Like, it's like because what's going she's on? Maybe, too. maybe, but like maybe to a certain extent, she didn't have much of an option. Like if you're a chick and you're choosing between maybe the dude that's overcompensating or the dude that's more genuine, but maybe isn't as masculine, it's a hard decision to make. Yeah. Or maybe she didn't have good role models of masculinity in her life. And so she thinks this is what a man is. Right. And I think there's a lot more that can go into it. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with her wanting to be able to have more control in the relationship a lot of the time as well. I think that can be a big factor as well. But for sure. I don't know. For sure. Okay. Should I give you my manly moment? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. You it. were part of it. So Sweet. Um, uh, a couple years ago, I taught my wife how to snowboard. 
So, pro pro tip aside thing, I don't know how to say that. Uh, quick aside here, I actually taught Dax how to snowboard too. This is true. And myself how to snowboard. <laughs> and our sister how to snowboard. Kudos. No big deal. <clears throat> anyway, um, so a couple years ago I taught my wife how to snowboard. And by the end of the year she was doing pretty good. And she had to take off last year because she was pregnant. So, you know, no snowboarding with a baby in the belly. And Smart. so, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, and so this uh, this year was actually her first year getting back into it after, in, in two years basically, right? And so Dax came up with us. And, you know, it was just kind of an easy day. We were taking her down some green circles and things, but... You know, it's kind of a fun, cool thing. Makes me feel proud to go, yeah, I taught my wife how to snowboard, and she's cruising down the hill and having a blast doing it. That's a lot of fun. And then, at the end of the day, uh, we <laughs> ran into a whiteout blizzard, and just so happens we thought the weather was going to be good, so we took my front-wheel drive, uh, two-wheel front-wheel drive Altima, <laughs> Up the mountain. Should have taken my Subaru. The three of us. Yeah, we should have taken the Subaru. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got us down safe on yeah. icy roads while big four-wheel drive trucks were skidding out. This is true. Going sideways down the mountain, basically, and people were going off the mountain. and Mostly yeah. with California plates, but... Yep, and Nevada plates. A few of those, for <laughs> but, sure. Yeah, so, you know... It took us about an hour longer than it needed to getting down the mountain, but hey, we got down safe, so manly moment of the week right there. That's a good one. I like that. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so now we've any any more comments on masculinity or No, I think that's it. I think we've got a whole other podcast right there where we could just get into it. But For sure, yeah. It's kinda of what we I talked about last time too. It's totally yeah, that's that's actually one of the reasons why I think this kind of hit me is because I was thinking a lot about that topic a lot about our discussion last time and then I saw that and I was like I don't know it bothered me so (laughs) awesome okay so manly moments out of the way for this this episode uh we're gonna kick into our topic that's gonna spark the conversation today um and each topic comes from uh what we're doing is We've got an Instagram page set up, and we'll set up a topic, write a little bit about it, and that's going to serve as kind of our catalyst for our conversations, each podcast. Um, So Dax wrote this last one. I just wanted to pull from it a little bit. said, could it be that right and wrong, the basis for all moral decisions, is too often overlooked? While it's easy to say that we should base our decisions on what's right and what's wrong, We often fail to do so in practice. We are told to always be kind, but is kindness always the same thing as doing what's right? We are told to be loyal, but is loyalty and doing what's right always the same thing? If we are kind at the expense of doing what we know to be right, then we can easily become a doormat or fail to show tough love to those closest to us. If we are loyal at the expense of doing what's right, then we can easily fall into a tribalistic mentality or lose credibility. In a time when some frame the world in terms of mean versus nice, loyal versus disloyal, or other dichotomous pairs, those who make decisions based on what's right and what's wrong can feel like a rare breed. All right, I read the whole thing. Thought it was too good to not read. So 
basically what we're looking at is the idea of people being nice, right? There is good and bad, right and wrong, black and white in the world. Now, our dad always raised us saying, there is black and white, but the world is gray, so you live in the gray. But that being said, you still make decisions based on black and white. And I think a lot of people trying to be nice or kind kind of lose kind of lose sight of that. For sure. And honestly, I think a lot of this stems from a misunderstanding of Christianity in a big way. I think people think of Christ as some sort of, you know, hippie in the Middle East that was just saying, you know, be kind to everybody. When in reality, he was doing what was right. And if you look at his example, he was calling people out. He wasn't very nice to a lot of people. No, honestly. But he always did what was right. He yeah, was the ideal. Honestly, well, of course, he's he is the only perfect man to have ever lived. Um, but just, just building off that, when you said he wasn't always nice, if you actually read the New Testament, he was pretty fiery, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, probably the nicest thing he did was turn water into wine at the wedding to help out. And I think there's probably a lot of stories of his life like that that we don't get. But a lot of them that we do get are him cursing a fig tree and making it wither away and die because it didn't have fruit on the on the vine. Um, you know, making a whip and busting into the temple and overturning the money changers' tables and, and whip, literally whipping people to cleanse the temple. I mean, he was doing big, bold, brash things. In a world of gray, he was acting based on the white. Exactly. Or, or, black and white dichotomy, right? So he sure. was choosing good over something that was kind of moralistically gray, right? Yeah. I'm sure those money changers weren't in there thinking, I'm going to do an evil thing today and go spend money in the temple and make people, you know, we're going to turn the temple into a marketplace. I don't think they were thinking that. But what they weren't thinking is, this is sacred ground. And what Jesus did is said, okay, I'm going to act based on what is good here, not what is kind and not what is nice. Right. I think it's important to point out that along with that, I mean, he never acted out of some sort of emotion. Like, he never let emotion control his actions. He was deliberate. Um, and sometimes being deliberately good, he did a mean thing. Like you said, you know. He, he or what, what would be viewed a, as mean. But he made a whip. He did other things as well. He called people out for their hypocrisy a lot. Um, those kind of things. Yeah. So. Well, here's a question for you, Dax. Is So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to frame this exactly. But when you said, you know, he did a mean thing, I said, well, or what is perceived as being mean. Right. If you're acting based on the good, in quotation marks, are you being mean or just being just? See, here's where I think there's a difference between kindness and niceness. And the, you can say we're talking semantics here, and maybe we are to a certain extent, but well, for, I think for kindness, this conversation, we can set up some rules so that we understand what we're talking about. Yeah, I think when I think of niceness, I think of anything that would make me feel good. And when I think of meanness, anything that would make me feel bad or any sort of negative emotion. So let's say someone's calling me out, calling me a hypocrite. I'm going to have a lot of negative emotion if that person's calling me a hypocrite, probably. That's why I call that mean. And I think kindness could be something more long-term. But what long if you're term. being a hypocrite 
exactly. so that person is rightly calling you a hypocrite. Then you're correct, but you're also being mean. Okay. Because it's causing me negative emotions. So you said that's mean? That's mean. Okay. That's kind of how I defined it. That's the way I think of it. I think kindness can be something maybe more long-term, like you said. Like, um, That's kind of what I meant by right is you know, I'm doing what's right and it's probably in this person's best interest in the long term as well. Okay. Like let's say you have a kid and you spank your kid, right? Yeah. Um, that's probably the best thing for them long term in order to learn, hey, that's a no no, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um then I think it's I think it shows more love to spank and maybe be mean than it does to be indifferent and not do anything. Well just just on those lines then I've got a couple of quick things to say just to respond to what you said mom told me a story when I was a little kid Hmm. and we were at Aunt Brady's house right and I'm running into the street right Right. and Aunt Brady grabbed me and just out of instinct just spanked my bum no don't run into the street and just turned around saw my mom there and went oh crap Kim I'm so sorry and mom was like no you're fine you're supposed to do that thank you right right Quaid, little Quaid, is he perceiving Aunt Brady as nice in that moment? Heck no. No, he's going, you just spanked me, right? Right. But what she was doing is saying, you don't run to the road. You don't go play in the road or you'll get an owie, right? You get a spanking, right? That's what you're supposed to do with little kids. She was doing what was best for me. And just kind of along the lines of what you're saying, I think this kind of clarifies our, our topic a bit. I think there's a difference between... I honestly think when somebody says, well, that's mean, right? If it was true and if it was acted out of goodness, then it just becomes justice right. at that point, right? And if you're, if you're a person that calls justice mean, you're the one that needs to change. Not, not you, Dax. I'm just saying like... Right, no, in general. If a person says, well, that's just mean. They should be nicer. Sorry, Sometimes justice hurts. Sometimes the truth cuts. Sometimes things are mean. That being said, I don't think we have to go around being, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, machismo, right, mode. I don't think we have to overcompensate and, you know, hey, you look fat in that dress and hey, no. dummy, you, you, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I think we need to go around and I think, I think manners are important, right? Manner, manners maketh men, right? right? I think manners are important. It's important to be polite in society and civil in society and even kind. It's good to be kind. Right. Right? There are also other instances where Christ was kind. Right, and I think but there are was, times... But he exercised justice as well as mercy, and I think people focus just on the mercy part. Right, and I think there are times when, obviously, a lot of the time, niceness is actually the same thing as... Um, being good. Maybe the right thing to do is be nice. Most yeah, of the if, time if, it is. If a person shows up at my front door and they're dying of thirst, right? We're in St. Yeah. George. We're in the middle of the desert. St. George, Utah, everybody. And they're dying of thirst. Is it kind of me to give them a drink of water? Yes. yes. Is That's it right? what I should do. Yes. Yes. Okay, but what we're saying too is when it comes to a point where justice should be served... And you think, well, that's mean, that's not kind, then there's a problem there. At that point, you should mete out justice, especially if you love that person. Right, and I think 
love, I think, like you said, we focus too much on, like, Christ's mercy and not as much how he's just as well. I think with love, I think we a lot of time we, we think of the touchy-feely side of love, the nice side of love. But on the other hand, there's tough love. Yeah. And that's just as important. Yeah. Especially in long term. So we've kind of talked a lot about, you know, the mean and nice dichotomy. I think another really important one that often conflicts with right and wrong is loyalty and disloyalty. I mean, you kind of think of a mob boss, like, you've been very loyal. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, personally, I can I can give an example of this. You know, a friend um, with the best intentions, I mentioned, I mentioned I was going snowboarding, and he was like, yo, like, dude, I'll just lend you my season pass, right? You can just go and use it. You're going to have your ski stuff on, so I'll be able to recognize you anyway. And I sincerely appreciated the gesture that he was trying to be kind to me, but at the same time, that conflicted with what's right and wrong, right? Because yeah, it's, it's dishonest. An, it's not an honorable And I thing. think he's generally an honest guy and really love him. And he's he's awesome. I don't mean to like take him apart or anything. But at the same time, I think his loyalty towards me was a little bit misplaced in that, you know, it actually conflicted with the value of honesty. Yeah, What's sure. right and wrong. And maybe maybe it's just, you know, people have different values a lot of the time. And, and that plays a, fact, a factor into it as well. I, I think so. Um, yeah, and and just to kind of be straight with the record, we don't think we're perfect. Right? No, no, no. We I need. Don't. We need. We. I've made those mistakes. You've made those mistakes. We've seen each other make those mistakes. We've made those mistakes together. Right. right? That's why I didn't mention his name. That being so. said, you know, like well, we're talking over here, like Jesus is just just as well as merciful. God is just just as well as merciful. Well, sure, but you know, we still want him to be merciful at the same time. We're not saying that. We're saying if we're going to, and and this kind of plays into what you're saying, if we're going to base our moral decisions and our own moral actions on something, it ought to be on the perfect thing, the perfect ideal, right? We're always going to fall short of that goal, but if we're aiming at that, then we'll become better every time that we try, even if we fall short, right? So we're basing our moral target basically i guess you could call it mm-hmm. on jesus christ and how he lived his life he's the example or the exemplar of the perfect life right for sure and so that helps us understand okay is kindness always really truly kind no if you really love this person at some point they need some tough love mm-hmm. right jesus loved peter his apostle but he said get thee hence satan <laughs> when Peter was kind of messing with his right, mission, yeah, right? Like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty harsh, right? And I'm sure Peter wasn't trying to mess him up, but that's literally the words he said to him. That's that's harsh. Right. That being said, it, it got a point across to Peter. There's a higher point that we're aiming for here, that our mission is higher than what you're trying to do in protecting me. Right, and I think that's another good example. He of could have been kind of been like, now, Peter, you know I love you, but instead he said, get thee hence, Satan. <laughs> well, here's what's funny about that story too. Like Peter was, you know, if you base all your decisions and, and the way you act in the world just based off of loyalty, was Peter being loyal? Yes. Was he doing what's right? I, not necessarily. I, I, there's good, better, best. He was probably doing a good, not a best. Right, right. Right. And I'm sure it's, I mean. He was trying to protect the Savior. Right. And really what he should have been doing is understanding he's here to do this. 
I need to let him do this. Right. The right thing to do was to let sure. him do it, right? Sure. I, 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 I mean, just hesi- I, I mean, just you can't, you can't just say that because obviously you weren't in Peter's shoes. And I think, a and lot I think of if is, I, if I was yeah. in that situation, I, I'm sure I would have done something similar and probably would have taken it too far. And I'm, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's me too. And I think that's both to our credit and discredit. So, <laughs> um, anyway, okay. I, I think we've kind of knocked this topic out pretty good. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap up i think that's about it man okay um for uh yeah everyone go check out our instagram page um at the unsafe space um for updates and further details on future topics and what we're up to and join us next time to discuss off-limit topics and tough questions from a manly perspective here in the unsafe space